Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Rather Breakfield Show. I am your host, Rather Breakfield. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I hope things went your way. I hope you won some bets. I'm, I hope you got laid. I hope you made up a end with your friends or your parents or whatever. All around, I hope it was a good weekend. Currently sitting here recording, watching this uh, Bears vs. Patriots game. Started the second half here. Justin Fields is looking really good as well. He's actually, in my opinion, he's looking good tonight. He's People don't like the way he kind of fits into this offense, but I kind of like the way they're kind of building it around him. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of solid skill players on this team either. Cole Komet's good, Darnell Mooney's good, David Montgomery's good. You know, these guys are just good. They're not they're not over the top great or amazing or anything. But by far the biggest news that's coming out of this game right now is the fact that Mac Jones got benched for Bailey Zappi, and Bailey Zappi comes in and just throws a fucking bomb touchdown. Like it seems to me like. The Patriots offense is running a lot better with Bailey Zappi compared to Mac Jones. I always thought Max Jones was the bust. I never really thought that he was anything special. I thought he's just another system quarterback that played at Alabama. The only good quarterbacks that have come out of there that have had some success at the pro level are the black ones. It's not the white ones. Let's just be honest about it. The white guys, quarterbacks at Alabama, they don't have shit for careers in the NFL. But we'll see how this game turns out. Um I have a feeling that uh, from here on out, Bailey Zappi is going to be the starter of the Patriots, though. So, Mac Jones might get traded, might not. I don't know. We'll see what happens. NBA is just getting started. By far, the biggest surprise has to be the fact that the Lakers and 76ers are both 0-3. And, and, you know, in past years, you would look at this and think, oh, they're tanking for Victor, Victor Wimbia because he's such a once-in-a-generational prospect. Well, they don't have their first-round shot picks, so they're kind of fucked. Pretty much, um, they're not looking good. Lakers are same, same old, same old. But I saw something today. They have the best defensive rating out of all three teams, or all NBA teams that have played three games so far at this point. So their their defense is pretty solid. It's pretty good. But you know what sucks is their fucking offense. They cannot score the ball. There's really not a whole lot of shooters on that team either. Like you look at the big three of LeBron, AD, Anthony Davis. And then you have Patrick Beverly in there. You have, I don't even fucking know, a bunch of guys that aren't really dedicated scorers. You know, think about other big threes in the past. First one comes to my mind, Celtics, their big three. Ray Allen could score. Paul Pierce could score. Like, the, the way that this built three is, they don't, they don't score at will. They have to kind of score off of plays. They're not solid three-point shooters. They're... That's not a main focus of their game. LeBron and Russ are like exactly the same people. They both like to create, and that's how they score. They either help other people score, or they score. That's just how that's how they play. Anthony Davis, I don't really know what his fucking game is. It's just he kind of is mid range, you know, coming off the block stuff like that. So he's not really a creator. He never really has been. That's their biggest problem. But. On a good note, the Celtics are three and zero, and they played the Bulls tonight. They were losing at halftime, but I I did say on last week's show, I don't remember which one, that I would do an NBA preview. I think I'm gonna I'm pushing that this this week, Thursday or Friday show, sorry, and I'm gonna do that then. So that'll be a good one. Hopefully, kind of talk some NBA, see see how I feel, see how I think things are gonna go. So MLB playoffs getting close to an end here. Astros. Sweep the Yankee dog piss shit, whatever you want to call the Yankees, out the door. 
they're gone, they're done, another failure. They're like that old 80-year-old guy that's been married 10 times and they all were failures and got divorced, but mostly the women were just marrying him for money. Basically what everyone does for the Yankees. They just sign there for all the money and they don't fucking win games. Point blank period, right there in the story. Astros sweep them, but on the other side, Phillies, absolute scenes there in Philadelphia. Bryce Harper had a fucking clutch hit. That's why Bryce Harper over Mike Trout, in my opinion. Mike Trout can't ever do that in the postseason. He's never going to make it there. He plays for the fucking Angels. But uh, Phillies and Astros for the World Series going to be a good one. I don't know who's going to stop the juggernaut that is the Astros. The Astros have just been on a tear the past five, six years, it feels like. They're just they're a really good baseball team that's really hard to beat, and they just know how to play in the postseason. So I hope the Phillies win it, but wouldn't be I'm not going to be surprised at all if the Astros win. UFC 280 took place over the weekend. Islam Makachev, I believe is how you say his name, beat Charles Oliveira, taking the lightweight belt. Yeah, the lightweight belt. And now setting up a big matchup with Volkan- Alexander Volkanovsky for the featherweight and lightweight belts at the same time. A double, ba- a double belt champion. Thought it'd be a good one. Love to see that. And my boy Sugar Sean O'Malley, he got the dub over Peter Yan this weekend. Some people were upset with the huh, with the score or how the score turned out, but I don't really know how they score UFC. But I saw something that was about significant strikes, which seems like it's pretty significant, I would assume. And Sean beat him in two out of the three rounds. So I think that probably plays a big part into it. But just my guess. But Big trade today, I guess, kind of not too big. But Jaguars trade running back James Robinson to the Jets to kind of fill that void that Brees Hall, because he's going to be out for the rest of the season with the ACL injury. Hate to see it. I love that guy. I was a big fan of his in college and was loving his success. I got a couple, got lucky with a couple of anytime touchdown score bets. So always love that. But going to be interesting to see uh, how James Robinson fits into the Jets and if the Jets keep trending in the right direction, you know. Makes it pretty obvious, though, that Travis Etienne is kind of the future for the Jags. They don't, they're willing to part ways with him, but that also shows that they're nowhere near ready for competing. So why not stock up on a couple draft picks and cash in while you can? Leslie Jordan died. Um, He's best known for American Horror Story and the viral meme of, uh, what are y'all doing? Screwing? That's him. Sad he had a medical emergency and crashed his car, so sad deal there. Real legend. Um, but by far some of the biggest news has to be the fact that I first thing this morning when I got out on Twitter, it's like checking the news for me, I saw a video of a dragon that was found in Mongolia. So I always knew the dragons were real. I've always believed in dragons. Um dragons, unicorns, Sasquatch, you name it, I believe in it. The things I don't believe in, um the moon. Outer space, I don't think it's real. Um, I don't believe in crocodiles. I think that they're fake. I've never seen one in my life, so I don't really believe that they're real. And I think that that's about it. That's off the top of my head. So, so other big news, sad news for me especially. The courts, the Supreme Court stopped Biden from signing in the student loan relief. So I guess there's 22 million people signed a petition. So fuck you, I guess, you know. I'm just a poor kid that dropped out of college. Why can't I just get rid of my student loans? I feel like I should be able to do that. I don't give a shit if somebody else has to pay for it. Thank you. Thanks. You're my sugar daddy. Is that what you want me to say? Thanks, sugar daddy. But Now for my segment, my new one I like to call my top five. 
kind of in the Halloween spirit here. I'm making, it's Halloween candies, but at the same time, more just my favorite candies. Number five has to be Junior Mints. I love chocolate and mint put together. I love chocolate chip mint ice mint chocolate chip ice cream. Just Junior Mints are so good. I get them every time I go to the movie theaters. Number four has to be a fucking crunch bar. Something about a crunch bar, man. Just when I snap it, bite into it, the way it melts in my mouth, the way it just feels going down my throat. I love a good crunch bar. Number three, though, going with a little bit of sour here, a little bit, you know, Sour Patch Kids, hands down, one of the best candies ever invented. You can never go wrong with the bag of Sour Patch Kids. Lord knows my fat ass. When I get the big bag, I go through it in a day. That's why I'm on the verge of getting type 2 diabetes, not just type 1. Second has to be M&M's. I love M&M's, everything about them, the flavor, the crunch, the M&M's, hands down. But hands down, my number one, it's the best candy there is, is a fucking Reese's peanut butter cup. I love them so much. The only complaint I have is that I wish I could get more than two at a time and get like 20 at a time because they're that fucking good. Best candy ever invented, chocolate and peanut butter. They just, they just mesh so well. So well. I love it. It's like, uh, no, that's inappropriate. I can't say that. I can't. I can't say that. <clears throat> now I'm going to move into my thoughts and recaps about this week's college football games and then follow it up with uh, NFL takeaways and then just my thought segment, which should be a good one, I believe. I hope we get some people going. LSU absolutely dominated Ole Miss. At one point, the game was 17-3, to and then after that, LSU rattled off 42 points. Ole Miss only scored three more. Tigers are really, really looking like we're coming into our own under Brian Kelly now, which I knew it was going to happen. You know, you just had to give it time. A new coach, he's trying to build a whole new culture. Culture, Jesus Christ, I can't ever say words. Trying to build a whole new culture. It just all seems to be working in the right direction. Got a bye week this week, sets up for a huge matchup with Alabama coming into town. It's a night game. It was announced today. It's going to be the night kickoff, so Saturday night in Death Valley, November 6th. I'm going to be there. Already got my tickets secured, so going to be there for that one. Absolutely juice. It's going to basically decide who wins the SEC West because at that point, it'd take LSU fucking up big time, losing to Arkansas and Texas A&M, who both look inferior that's the only thing that would stop them from that happening. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. I got something special cooked up, too, to end off my thoughts and recaps about college football. Clemson beat Syracuse, you know, ranked-on-ranked matchup. But for some reason, Clemson decided to rush the field. Bunch of fucking losers. Who rushes the field? Bunch of losers. Bama came up and uh, beat Mississippi State, which was a very interesting game, you know. Mississippi State outgained them in passing yards and rushing yards. And they held the ball a lot longer. Everything, if you looked at just the stats, you'd be like, oh shit, Mississippi State won that game. They didn't. They lost 30-6. to So that was pretty, pretty heartbreaking. But what interests me the most is that I, don't, I didn't get to watch the game. I only caught a couple of clips. But it seemed like Bama once again got really, really lucky. That's why it's given me a lot of hope coming in with the LSU matchup. So we'll see about that. Big news sticking in the SEC. South Carolina beats Texas A&M. And it's just, it's an absolute travesty that Jimbo Fisher is getting away with legal murder, basically. 
he is taking every $95 million number one recruiting class, number six ranking coming into the season, and you're three and four. And you have five super, well, not super tough, I think UMass is in there, five huge games still left to play in the toughest fucking division there is in college football. I don't, and they can't fire him. It's all guaranteed money. So now they're just sitting there like, what do you do? He needs to hire an offensive coordinator. He needs someone to take over his offense, what he's been running. It just doesn't work anymore. It worked with Jameis. It worked when he was in OC and stuff, but it just doesn't, it doesn't work anymore. It seems to be outdated. There's not a whole lot of ingenuity into it, but huge win for South Carolina. Nonetheless, they're five and two. They're just topped into the top 25. So they're looking up after everyone kind of wrote them off and saying they were dog shit. So looking good, good season for them. You know, Shane Beamer, I was a big fan of the hire. I think that he's going to work out in the long run. I think it's just going to take some time. Making a team back to what they used to be, you know, a, a contender, a team that would be in that top 25 every year, That's it's a real fucking challenge. And Shane Beamer's doing awesome at South Carolina, I think. Oklahoma State beat Texas and quite the game there. Oklahoma State finds a way to win. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, it's time to let go of Sark. I don't, I don't get that. It's only his second year. I've talked about it before. The college football fan bases need to just chill out sometimes. You have to give it a little bit of time. A lot of these programs have been in really bad spots. Not everyone's going to get the, the Josh Heupel turnaround. You know, that's lightning in a bottle in a sense. You know, the good hire, good offense. They had the skill players. They went out and got the quarterback they wanted. It's, it's all worked out for them. It's just not everything's going to work out that way. Not everyone's going to turn their season around or their whole their whole culture their whole what they are as a college football program they're not it's not going to always be a Josh Heupel effect that's just not going to happen you know another good example is Lance Leipold that's just I mean they went from two wins zero wins all that stuff to they have five wins already that's that's amazing you're but you're not always going to get that effect and then you sometimes you get TCU who just keeps on winning year one Sonny Dykes has the boys absolutely fucking rolling they beat K State. K State's a good team, and they're you know they're hanging in right there in the conversation right now. TC moves up to number seven in the rankings, sitting behind all the other undefeated teams in Alabama. But there's if they go thirteen and zero and win the Big Twelve championship, you can't really deny them a spot. You just can't. They're looking good. I I think it's gonna probably crumble at some point, but for now I'm super juiced for the fucking Horn Frogs. Oregon, speaking of making a case for the playoff. Oregon beats UCLA very convincingly. Bo Nix looks like he could be a Heisman contender at the end of the year or a possible draft pick at some point. He He's looking awesome. You know, the only loss they have is that bad loss to Georgia. But then again, first game of the season, new quarterback, new coach. You're playing Georgia fresh off a national championship at basically a home game. And the fact that he scored a point or two is even, that's even spectacular in of itself. But if they, if they keep going in the right direction, you know, they finish out, they beat Utah, that's their last real tough game, and then get a rematch with UCLA or get a matchup against USC, they're going to be another team. It's going to be hard to deny them a playoff spot. Miami and Pitt, though, on the other hand, teams that uh, looked good and then turned bad, unlike Oregon, Miami and Pitt are both not looking good. Miami lost to Duke, which you know, you're know you not supposed to do if you're Miami. And you're Pitt, you lost to Louisville. You know, both these teams were ranked early on this season, but it's just kind of 
falling apart after a couple of tough losses. And Miami's just Mario Cristobal. He's gonna he's got a lot of work ahead of him. You know, it's just a bad environment. It's a bad culture there at Miami. But hopefully, he can get it going in the right in the right direction. But coaches, there's certain coaches that need to be fired. And I'm looking at Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. I know that it's not just you want to get rid of his son, the son, the offensive coordinator, but I think it's just time. It's been a good run. You know, he spent 23 years there. He's been there as long as I've been alive. He has been the head coach of Iowa. But it hasn't always been great. In those 23 years, they've only had five losing seasons. That's that's perfect. I mean, five losing seasons, I think one or two of them were at 500. So, you know, I'm just going five over 500. That's what? 19 or eight, 18 successful seasons, you know, but they've only been in the top 10 five times at the end of the season. The last time they did it was 2015, and they were in the freaking Big Ten Championship last year, and they've played in one of the weaker divisions in all of college football, especially at the Power Five level. It just hasn't. It's not a tough division. This should have been a year where they should roll off of the success they had last year, and it translates again. But I think it's just time for Kirk Ferentz to go away. Not in a bad sense. You know, he's he's done good for the Iowa. He's he's made them a very solid program. You know, probably a top 30 program at the minimum, I'd say, in college football. They've they've been consistent, but they haven't been as good as they could be, I think. So I think it's time that, you know, they just mutually part ways and say goodbye. It's been a good run, but I think it's I think it's time. Time for him to go, sadly. But that's just how it has to be. Battle. For the piece of shit team in the SEC East, who's worst and who's second to worst, Mizzou beats Vandy. Hell of a game. It was really cool to see. There was that sick play where a Vandy defender jumped over a guy and then strip-sacked the quarterback and scored a touchdown. Hands down, one of the coolest plays I have ever seen. So it was pretty cool. Now a little something I want to talk about here. Something I'm gonna just a little segment I'm gonna end out the next couple of weeks until it's not as fun as I think it would be. The wildest cultural playoff scenario, and I'm gonna put a graphic up for it so you can see it because I don't know how to put images into videos yet. TikTok, you're not gonna be able to see it though. Go to Instagram or Twitter because I'm definitely clipping this out because I want it to go viral. But there's a scenario where we end up with like eleven teams that could have a bid for the college football playoff. The ACC would come down to Clemson and North Carolina. Both of Clemson wins out. North Carolina wins out the rest of the way. North Carolina beats Clemson for the ACC championship. Clemson's 12-1, and ACC runner-up. North Carolina's 12-1, and ACC champions. And I'm not going to go through who all, who all their wins and losses would be, but in the graphic you'll be able to see breaking it down of who they've beat, and all of them are like when they were either ranked in the top 25 or like when they were, when they played. That's all that matters. Like that will show. And then in the Big Ten, though, you could have a scenario where you end up with Michigan at 11-1 and with their only loss being to Ohio State and Ohio State finishing 12-1, and going to the Big Ten Championship, but losing to Illinois. But in, in Illinois finishing 11-2 and with their only loss being to Indiana early in the season and then Michigan late in the season. So then you have Michigan sitting there at 12-1 and or 11-1, and Big Ten East runner-up, only lost to Ohio State, good all year. Ohio State, 12-1, and their only loss in the Big Ten Championship, 
to Illinois, who probably would end in some crazy type fashion, you know, that kind of game. And then you sit there with Illinois, who's 11-2, and Big Ten champs, just beat Ohio State, but they did lose to Michigan. So that makes it very interesting. Then in the Big 12, you could have it finish out to where TCU finishes out 12-0. and Oklahoma State runs the table the rest of the way in the Big 12. They meet again in the Big 12 championship. This time, Oklahoma State wins. So then you have TCU, 12-1, and Big, Big 12, runner-up. Oklahoma State, 12-1, and Big 12 champion. Crazy. Pac-12, only one team would really have a chance. I think it would probably be Oregon. Oregon wins out, plays USC in the conference championship, beats USC. They're 12-1, Pac-12 champs. And now for the craziest one, the SEC, the conference everyone knows and loves and is the forefront of college football playoff every year. It always is. But Alabama fans aren't going to like this one. Tennessee finishes out 11-1. Only lost to Georgia. They don't make the conference championship game. Georgia finishes out 12-0. Beat Tennessee. Number one in the country. Going into the SEC championship. They lose that game. Who do they lose to? LSU. LSU runs the table the rest of the way. Beat Bama. Knocks Bama out of the conversation. Not going to the SEC championship. LSU beats Georgia. So then that leaves you. Tennessee, 11-1. SEC East, runner-up. Only lost to Georgia. But they beat LSU. That finishes with Georgia, 12-1, SEC Conference runner-up, only lost LSU. LSU finishes out 11-2, only losses to Florida State, Tennessee early in the year. Weird trifecta there. So then you'd look at it, honestly, how would you look at this? In my honest opinion, the four that I would probably pick, got to go with the conference champions because that, me- that has to mean something. That's why this four-team playoff is so stupid. So it, that, le- that takes 12-1. North Carolina, 11 and 2, Illinois, 12 and 1, Oklahoma State, 11 and 2, LSU, 12 and 1, Oregon. So I would honestly think you'd probably get Oregon, North Carolina, Oklahoma State because they all have one loss, and then it'd be up to LSU and Illinois. LSU gets in. That's that's the wildest playoff scenario we could have right now. And it will update next week, depending on what happens this weekend, or it might stay the same. They, all those teams could win. Who fucking knows? That's why it's fun. Now moving to a couple NFL thoughts. Not a lot. I hate the NFL. It fucking sucked again this weekend. Offenses are boring. Tom Brady, too much, too much, man. Too, too much. I saw something today. This guy lit it out perfect. I wish I got his name so I could credit him. He said Tom Brady knew his had an ultimatum at the end of the season. He needed to fix his marriage, so he thought he should retire so he could spend more time with his wife and his kids. Didn't work out, so he came back. Now it's all publicly coming out. It's just a big shit fire. It's a shit disaster. He doesn't have the same love for the game because he checked out already. He had his mind elsewhere. He's not been been playing, not with football. So it's just sad. It, he, regardless, he needs to retire at the end of this year. It just doesn't, doesn't look good anymore. He's not as good as he used to be. And then there's fucking Aaron Rodgers, the old man's, the old man of the league, are struggling this weekend. The offense is just, there's just so much to it. I think when you have a playmaker like Devontae Adams, and then you have a bunch of guys that have kind of filled that, you know, that were guys that would get passes here and there because they double covered Devontae or something like that. Guys that weren't real breakout stars. They contributed when they needed to, nothing ever crazy. But now they have to be the guy, and they just can't. They just, it's just, not working out how it's supposed to, I guess. So 
sucks for the Packers. I think they just kind of need to simplify things and make things easier for their young their young core of wide receivers. The Colts are ass, and they decided to bench Matt Ryan today. He has a shoulder injury, but it said regardless, they would have benched him either way. So now they're wasting all that money down the drain <clears throat> on Matt Ryan. It sounds like Sam Ellinger is going to be their starter now, which we'll see how that one turns out. I'm, I'm very curious to see that. The Giants just keep on winning. They just keep on finding a way to win. Looking really good, man. They're, I'm starting to put them in the contender list. They're they're definitely a team to watch out for. Absolutely crazy that this happened, but whatever. The Giants are here. They're good. They're here to stay. Definitely one of the top teams in the NFC because the NFC is garbage. The Seahawks are leading the division out west. The NFC South is tied with the Falcons and Bucks at 3-4. and four. The NFC North is a dumpster fire. I mean, well, other than the Vikings, but it's just not a good look for the NFC right now this year. And I, speaking of the NFC North, I am continuously wrong about the Lions. I thought that they'd come out inspired, but they just keep fucking letting me down. The Cowboys still struggled with Dak at quarterback. Cooper rushes the answer, just like we're seeing tonight with Bailey Zappi. Sometimes you got to go with the backup, man. Now for my just my thoughts segment, and it kind of it's playing off of. Where, these is, where this is kind of come from is how Jermaine Burton didn't get suspended for hitting that girl at the Tennessee game. Saban in Alabama came out and said that it, you know, the kids were scared for their life and stuff like that. That's just not true. Watch the video. He blatantly just hits the woman. Hits the woman. It's fucking. It's garbage. It's disgusting. We don't need that in our world. And it goes back to the Deshaun Watson stuff. Why Why is he still allowed? If anybody else went out and hit a woman like that at something like that, or a man had that, that many sexual assault cases, they'd immediately get fired from their job. And I'm all about athletes. I, lo- I love athletes. They they provide me entertainment. I, I have their inspiration to me. All stuff like that. I'm not talking bad about all of them, but it's sometimes... And the same thing happened with the Brett Favre stuff. That's all getting swept under the rug. It's like... These guys are doing stuff that other people would get reamed for, that they would be shunned out of the world for. But because these guys are football players and athletes and Hall of Famers, it just gets swept under the rug and kind of forgotten about. That's not right. The NFL needs to set a precedent. College football needs to set a precedent. Everyone needs to set a precedent that you can't do shit like that and it's going to be okay. It doesn't set a good example for anybody. And it's honestly garbage. I'm kind of tired of constantly seeing stories like that just get swept under the rug like if anybody else did that at their job they'd they'd be fired in a heartbeat it's ridiculous it's unfair but that's just my thoughts that's just my show today i appreciate you for sticking around i love you i hope you have a great week but for now oh yeah and send this to somebody to spread the word about my college football idea of how crazy the season actually could be so please do that Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. I love you. Goodbye. Your boy Titties is out.